Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Monday, November 29th, 2021. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I am a senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I am joined by Slash Film senior writer Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Brad, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Uh, Yeah, you know, it was a little bit hectic, as all holiday weekends are. Lots of having people over and running around and just like doing way too much for what should be a relaxing weekend. <laughs> right. But, yep. but you know, that's par for the course. Good food, I assume. At least. Oh yeah. Yeah. Plenty of good food. Still, still plenty of leftovers for this week too. Fantastic. Oh man. That's always the good stuff. Uh, all right. So let's get into today's news. We only have two news stories that I want to talk about, but the first one is a, a really big one. And that involves uh, the future of Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Brad, tell me about that. Yeah, a lot of fans have been wondering what's going to happen with Spider-Man because uh, the last time we talked about Sony and Marvel working together, it was a miraculous last-minute deal that came together after the two studios had a bit of a falling out. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home seemed like, or sorry, sorry, Spider-Man Far From Home seemed like it was going to be uh, the last movie that maybe Tom Holland was going to be in because the deal that was struck between the two studios to share Spider-Man uh, ran out and there was an impasse. But fortunately, uh, cooler heads prevailed. They figured out a deal for another Spider-Man movie, which is the upcoming No Way Home, and also an appearance for Tom Holland as Spider-Man in a yet-to-be-determined uh, Marvel Studios movie, which I think a lot of people are probably assuming it'll be Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, but now we don't really have to worry about that much anymore because on this day, which has been dubbed Spider Monday, uh, Spider-Man franchise producer Amy Pascal, who goes all the way back to the original Spider-Man franchise from Sam Raimi, uh, she announced and confirmed that this is not the last Spider-Man movie that Sony will be making with Marvel. Uh, it's not the last Spider-Man movie they'll be making with Tom Holland, and they have a plan to do another Spider-Man trilogy. So Tom Holland will be sticking around for uh, at least for a little while longer as the the web slinger. So my first thought here is like, wasn't it just a week or two ago that Tom Holland was uh, making the press rounds for No Way Home and saying something along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing here, of like, if I'm still making Spider-Man movies in X number of years, like something has gone horribly wrong. Do you remember this quote? I do remember that quote. I and mean, I, th- I think if anything, it might still 
work because he's 25 right now. And I think he said, if I'm still playing Spider-Man when I'm 35, then there's a problem. So he's got 10 years <laughs> to make three Spider-Man movies. And I think he can pull it off. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, technically I think you're right. I think that can fit in there. Um, so one of the other things that I saw recently was like uh, a photo of, I think it was uh, Jacob Batalon and Zendaya and Tom Holland, like, you know, uh, embracing on the set or something along those lines. You remember when um, when Rise of Skywalker came out, there was that picture of John Boyega and and Oscar Isaac and Daisy Ridley all hugging and, and they were just, you know, all teary-eyed because this story is coming to the end. It sort of felt like this recent photo or recent uh, interview uh, with those three Spider-Man cast members felt like the same thing. So do you think that this means the end of Zendaya and Jacob uh, Batalon's character's in the MCU or do you think they will stick around as well? Cause it sort of seems like this, they've been talking about, Oh yeah, this is the end of an era into this trilogy. Do you think they're going to come back for this new trilogy? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I mean, both of them have been integral parts of this current Spider-Man trilogy. Um, it seems like they're the trailer marketing is trying to hint at Zendaya possibly uh, maybe being done as MJ. Um, hopefully not in the, the doom fashion that we've seen uh you know, Spider-Man's <laughs> cinematic girlfriends. <laughs> right. Yeah. Taking the past. I think it would be kind of lame for them to kill off, you know, uh, another one yet again. But at the same time, we don't necessarily know what's going to happen with Spider-Man as time goes on, because um, as we have been hinted at, it seems like the, the cinematic universe for Spider-Man could see some changes, whether or not that's in the form of Spider-Man entering a completely different version of the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, or if it's combining what Sony is starting to build with the extra Spider-Man characters that they have the rights to, uh, I think that there could be some some big changes for the roster of characters that there are. Um, but I, I think that that's a question that's probably going to be a lot easier to answer after we see Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Like, how far off the beaten path is too far when it comes to Spider-Man and the multiverse and technically staying within the MCU? Because if No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness establishes some sort of offshoot reality where Tom Holland can hang out with Tom Hardy's Venom and, you know, Jared Leto's Morbius and some of these other characters um, and have that technically still be in the MCU, uh, I don't know, like, how closely do you think that Sony and Marvel are really going to work, you know, on these next movies? Do you think that these these new this new trilogy of MCU films is going to be as uh, closely linked to the main story, such as it is, of, of what Marvel Studios is doing? Or do you think that it is more of a carve out and it's like almost going to be a technicality that it's going to be in the MCU? That's a good question. And I'm. Um... I, again, like it's, um, I think Spider-Man No Way Home will help us understand that a little bit better. Um, the the credit scene for Venom, Let There Be Carnage, did provide a little bit of a hint for that. But again, it could go either way. It could be Venom becoming part of the primary MCU as we know it or creating another offshoot universe. And I think that no matter how far a new Spider-Man universe or whatever would veer away from the MCU, I think what, what always is going to matter most importantly is the quality of those movies. Um, and so, you know, if it's Sony, that's going to be primarily driving that ship and Kevin Feige is not really helping as much as maybe we would like him to, then I could see that potentially going wrong, but maybe Feige will be involved just enough so that Spider-Man is able to have the kind of movies that Sony wants him to have with the other characters that they have in their back pocket. 
and also still have a certain amount of connectivity to the MCU so that he can reteam with the Avengers or whoever, you know, he might mm-hmm. need to cross paths with as time goes on, because it's been established that fans clearly want Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And now that the multiverse is a big part of what's going on with the future of Marvel Studios, I think that they'll they'll always figure out a way to make that happen. Do you have a preference, Brad, of what you would want to see in this new trilogy? I don't know, because like I think the the trouble is is like what Sony is doing with their side of Spider-Man characters is not the same tone or quality as what's happening in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, As much entertainment as I get from something like the Venom franchise, it's a different kind of reception than I usually am giving to the other Marvel movies because Venom is fun because it's, it's silly and cheeky and just kind of comically over the top. And I'm curious to see how they're going to fit that style with Venom into the MCU, if that's their plan. Um, But like the other problem is, is just, I just don't know if there's like the same quality storytelling with a lot of Spider-Man's, you know, roster of characters, because they, they start to get silly. The digger, the deeper you dig into the, uh, the, the locker of characters. And I just don't know if those movies can sustain themselves uh, without having Spider-Man involved in some capacity. And so because of the track record, because of what happened with Spider-Man when Sony was fully in control and the amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm inclined to want them to fold their characters into the MCU as opposed to Spider-Man leaving the MCU proper and existing in this side universe, if that's their plan. Yeah, we've got that Craven the Hunter movie coming up, that solo film with uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson playing that title character there. So that's another in that sort of Venom Morbius mode. So yeah. There's supposed to be that uh, that Spider-Woman movie. Yeah, do we? who's supposed to be in that? Do we know? I don't think they've cast anybody, but it's Olivia Wilde that's supposed to do it, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, and I then, forgot about that one. And there's been like rumors of like, a, uh, wasn't it Madam Web movie or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've got a lot of weird ideas over there. Okay, so last question before we move on to our next thing. Um, you know, I, I love Tom Holland's Peter Parker. I think he's one of the best parts of the MCU. But there is a part of me that uh, that feels like no way home and multiverse of madness provide a really great and easy handoff opportunity for uh, the introduction of miles a uh, live action miles morales into the mcu so now that we know that this new trilogy is happening with tom holland uh, in more mcu movies that seems that possibility seems not quite as likely um, do you have any thoughts about a live action Miles Morales and the likelihood or lack thereof of that happening? I guess with the the sort of understanding that if it does happen in No Way Home or Multiverse of Madness, then that would mean that there would be two active Spider-Man franchises <laughs> going on at the same time, which, I mean, that's not unprecedented. We've seen what DC is doing with the Batman and Joker and all, all sorts of different characters sort of running on, on these parallel tracks. Do you think that uh, Sony and Marvel would do something like that? Would I mean, ha- have audiences become so um, sophisticated about this stuff that, uh, that the risk of confusion is no longer as big of a factor as it once was? Yeah, I think so, especially if if Spider-Man No Way Home is going to pull off what fans are anticipating it's supposed to pull off, then I think that everything would be on the table at that point. Because if you do something like bring in uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire as the other Spider-Men into No Way Home, 
uh, with the multiverse yeah, entry point, then I think that it stands to reason that even if Tom Holland is signed on to do a new Spider-Man trilogy with Sony and Marvel, that that trilogy could easily introduce us to Miles Morales and have Peter Parker be a mentor to that character, just as he has been in the comics, in the video games, what have you. And I think that he could eat, Tom Holland could easily continue as the primary Spider-Man while still have, giving Miles, Miles Morales his own uh, franchise to spin off from that so that he can continue as maybe the new Spider-Man whenever Tom Holland is done, you know, uh, putting on the mask. So uh, I think that that may be something that they'd have to build to. They probably wouldn't do it right out of the gate, but I think that they know fans desperately want to see a live action Miles Morales, especially after Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse was such a huge hit, which is another, you know, uh, entry point for fans to not be confused by the the presence of multiple Spider-Men. Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. So from the Marvel cinematic universe to the stripperverse, Brad, uh, magic Mike's last dance has been announced. There is a new magic Mike movie in the works Uh, It is going to be coming directly to HBO Max. Channing Tatum is coming back to reprise his role of Mike Lane. Steven Soderbergh is going to be directing this thing. Uh, Reed Carolyn, who is um, uh, Channing Tatum's, I think, writing partner and producer, uh, is writing the script for this movie. He wrote the the first two films. And uh, yeah, there's going to be more Magic Mike in our lives. Uh, There's an amusing quote here from uh, Channing Tatum where he says, There are no words for how excited I am to blow the doors off the world of Mad Max. Uh, with these collaborators and the amazing people at HBO Max, the stripperverse will never be the same. And then Soderbergh said, as soon as I saw what Channing Reed and the Magic Mike choreographic team did with the live show, I said we had to make another movie. Mike Lane's dream of connecting people through dance must be realized. So uh, another Magic Mike film, Brad, where are you on the Magic Mike movies? What do you think about them? Have you seen the first two? And what do you think about this third one? I love it. Uh, If you would have told me at any point that I would be excited about the third installment of a movie about a bunch of male strippers. I'd be like, what are you smoking? (laughs) But the magic Mike franchise is is great. Channing Tatum is great in it. The ensemble cast around him is fantastic. I'm always down for a new Steven Soderbergh movie. And yeah, this is just, it's just a a, a surprisingly great uh, franchise that you would have never expect to be so successful. And it's just a lot of fun. And that's all really I can say about it. You know, like it's, um, aside from Channing Tatum, you know, showing off his expert, you know, uh, male stripper skills that he actually, you know, um, had when he was a real, you know, male dancer, <laughs> um, you know, I, it's just a, a good story about some dudes hanging out and, you know, I, I, I'm not necessarily, you know, attracted to seeing these oiled up muscular men, but I'm not against it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I find myself in the same boat. I, I, I think there are people who think, that uh, Magic Mike XXL is like a transcendent masterpiece. And I'm not one of those people. How did you think about, what did you think about the second film in particular? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like, oh, like, you know, throw crazy praise at it or anything like that, but it's, it's a very good sequel. And it's, I like what it does with, with the characters and how it ex- expands the roster, mm-hmm. takes them on the road and has, has a lot of fun with them. I'm curious if um, Matthew McConaughey is going to come back. Cause he, if memory serves, he was not a big part of that second movie. Um, and I don't remember if his character was like killed off screen or something, or if they just parted ways with the Mike character because of, uh, differences of opinion and business strategies and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that would be kind of a cool thing. I think for fans who've been with this, you know, with this franchise now, now that it is officially a franchise, uh, since the beginning to incorporate McConaughey's character back into the mix. But, um, yeah, man, Channing Tatum hasn't really done much lately. Like the last big year he had was 2017 where he was in, 
Logan Lucky and Kingsman, the golden circle at the same time. And then since then he's just done voiceover work. Uh, he had a, a small role, I think in free guy recently. Um, and he has this new movie called dog that's coming out next year, but he took, what is that? Three, four years off basically. Yeah. Um, aside from voiceover stuff. So, uh, it'll be just good to see him back again. And, um, yeah, it's, he'll be slipping back into the old uh, Magic Mike thong once again. I'm sure is audiences there, will be really happy about that. Is there anybody that you would like to see join the cast? You know, the, oh, sec- the second man. one had the second one had Donald Glover come on board. So, like, you know, who do you think should come around this time? Uh, how about Jonah Hill? How about a 21 <laughs> <laughs> Jump Street uh, uh, combo bringing those two back? They have such great chemistry in those movies. I feel like even if they're playing wildly different characters, um, it, it would just be cool to see those guys like share the screen again. That would be that would be pretty funny. I feel like the, maybe the the option that would really make people go absolutely bonkers would be if they got Timothy Chalamet to be in it. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it, <laughs> that would be. Oof, talk about uh, an HBO Max bump. That would be insane, yeah. Um, all right, well, yeah, if you guys have any uh, suggestions for who you'd love to see in in this third Magic Mike movie, shoot us an email. Not like we can do anything about it, but I'm just <laughs> amused and, and would love to, to read, uh, you know, the responses that people have. So uh, shoot us an email at peter at slashfilm.com. And that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode of the podcast. You can find more about the stories that we mentioned on today's show at slashfilm.com and linked inside the show notes of this episode. Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show basically wherever you get podcasts. Uh, And again, send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, mailbag topics, and uh, Magic Mike 3 casting, uh, fan casting suggestions to peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.